1: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses.
2: It's the art and science of money. My job has been
1: to try and figure out which is which.
2: It's Hi Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi Fi portfolio managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle.
3: Good evening, my friends. Welcome to the weekend going to talk money. That's what we do on Hi-Fi Radio each and every Saturday night. It's a privilege to spend some time with you, uh, share with you uh, our thoughts. Any questions, by the way, for Jack or I, WolfgangKlein.com, TheWolfOnBayStreet.com. Uh, it is a privilege and a delight to bring on Mr. Martin Roberge. Uh, he's a managing director Canaccord, our North American portfolio strategist. Uh, he's been in the business for 25 years. Uh, you know, Martin, it's, it's great uh, the fact that you have that t- to say about yourself, the 25 years. You are a survivor. You've witnessed market cycles. Um, and, you know, it, it, really, when you, when you reflect back on all of the crises uh, and then you fast forward today, to today, what have you learned?
4: Uh, about the power of central banks is uh, probably bigger than than what we would have thought initially uh, because central banks can allow um, liquidity to flush around for a long period of time uh, allowing investors to increase their risk appetite uh, for for stocks so and as we've seen over the last couple of cycles the same remedy like every time we, uh, we go down. Uh, some central banks are, are very preemptive at uh, stimulating or injecting liquidities to, to support the, uh, the shock or to absorb the shock. And uh, we've seen it this time around. But uh, this time it was even bigger to the extent that we sent checks to uh, households and businesses. So the, the pandemic uh, bounce or rebound. Has been uh, unprecedented. Like we've never seen a post-post re- post recession bounce as big as the one we're we're witnessing right now. So, so my again, like my my um, my conclusion would be that central banks keep on being very a powerful driver buying financial markets.
3: Yes, indeed. As uh, Martin Reber just tuning in, uh, spending some time with us this Saturday night. Uh, taking a look, of course, at the North American marketplace and did a little reflection on history, uh, the amount of crises Martin has now worked through as a 25-year veteran to Bay Street. I have 20 years under my belt, and boy, did that time ever fly. Um, But it's really important to reflect uh, on the past and and, and learn from it, uh, making us better investors on a go-forward basis. Martin, you're now speaking then about the saving grace has continuously been through crises the central banks, meaning uh, the government's right right arm, the central bank uh, that keeps a modern financial system afloat, just prints more money. Uh, and, and you're right. Uh, recently, it, it was I don't want to. It was very socialistic, shall we say? That's the right word. It, it was it was a true act of socialism uh, that checks came in the mail. Uh, to individuals like we have never ever seen before in history. Uh, And the recovery, as you indicated, has been very, very uh, historic to the upside. So where do we go from here, Martin? And can we continue to rely on central banks to bail us out again at the next crises when it may come?
4: Yeah, that's the the challenge going forward. Because what I forgot to mention is that over the last last twenty five years I, I should rather say like over the last forty years we've seen a gentle decline in long term bond yields, and bonds over the years have become not very competitive when it comes to uh, uh, competing with other asset classes. Uh, but the good news is that if if bonds uh, if bond yields have been supporting markets by by falling. Uh, gradually over time going forward uh, we have to believe that we're probably near a secular bottom or maybe last year actually was a a secular bottom in bond yields so to the extent that we have been um, uh, enjoying lower bond yields to increase uh, market valuations uh, maybe going forward we're going to be losing this a powerful driver, and, and and the markets will become way way more responsive to corporate earnings rather than low interest rates. So so going forward, uh, it's it's going to be more important for investors to be in industries and sectors that are able to grow organically um, w- without necessarily the the help of of lower in- interest rates. So that's a challenge because. It's kind of reducing the the size of the market by itself in terms of options, but uh, obviously uh, this is this is something that we knew was was it was going to come to an end. Like I mean, like the secular decline in bond yields, but it doesn't mean that this is necessarily the end for for stocks as an asset class. Quite quite to the contrary, we still have a lot of of companies that are more or less what we call less. Uh, uh, more capital light, as we say, and uh, they are more able to, to grow their, their, their profitability through, uh, through organic growth. And uh, we've got a lot of them in the U.S., less, less so in Canada, more in the U.S., more globally. So that's very important to be diversified, not only uh, within markets, but across markets. Again, the the interest rates are
3: so important, and and they really determine the outcome of so many aspects of modern finance. Uh, The tentacles are wide uh, when it comes to the impact of interest rates. Again, housing prices, stock prices, availability of money, and and, and ultimately inflation, and uh, again, substitute products. Uh, as you know, Martin, again, we're talking about a very inflationary environment right now, uh, and a strong and a strong economy. Um, I feel the strength of the economy through my home renovation, and I th- this economy is getting stronger, not weaker. Um, and yeah. substitute products are, are, are even hard to find. And as such, when something is in demand. And it becomes short in supply, substitutes kick in, and all of a sudden those prices rise. Um, It's just so interesting to see this unfold in front of my very eyes. Um, I I sent Jack a piece of reclaim, a photo of a piece of lumber I saw in a lumber store. It was a reclaimed barn post, uh, a beam from a barn that was um, hand uh, axed. So you have the axe marks all the way down the side of it. And uh, it was a piece of Douglas fir. It was it was eight feet long, less two inches as a matter of fact, or less five inches, it was 91 inches long. So I think eight feet is 96. Um, and it was three inches thick and it was five inches wide. So it was five inches by three inches by just under eight feet. It was $600 for one beam. Wow, wow. Yeah. Like we're re- remarkable. Uh, but it shows you, if they're the entrepreneur out there listening to this radio show right now, if you see a barn coming down, you may want to walk in that field and, <laughs> and claim some of those beans and sell them. But uh, yeah. again, that, that's what a good entrepreneur would do. Um, yeah. So there's always opportunity out there. Uh, are there more opportunities today? Are there less opportunities today? And again, with low interest rates, I once again are going to say there's probably more opportunities out there. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah,
4: but it's going to become very um, important to have... Uh uh, the the stock like the um, I would say the advisors will have to work harder because again interest rates have lifted like all boats like everything is doing everything really well so now everything when you look at uh, at the future advisors will have to become very shrewd and very uh, important stock pickers sector pickers asset allocators because it's not true that uh, that interest rates and lower rates will will lift markets as broadly as they have done over the past uh, several years. So again the role of the advisor is about to become even more important and, and again not only when it comes to selecting the right stocks or the right sectors but selecting also the right asset classes. Um, so that's, that's something I have to keep we have to keep in mind.
3: No, again, I was thinking about the asset mix. And again, friends at home, uh, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Martin Reberge. He's our Managing Director of North American Portfolio Strategist at Gannacorty, uh, a very key partner to Jack and I as we help individuals like you manage money and build wealth. Um, again, the importance of interest rates, friends. As interest rates fall, money becomes cheaper, and therefore you can borrow more and spend more, and that pushes prices. Uh, up prices of everything something that caught i think the market off guard And we we'll a quick break here but just anecdotally uh friends and family martin and jack uh the used car market all of a sudden got a bid and there's a shortage of used cars and the price straight up uh look we're talking hi-fi radio we get right back to the show talking to martin reberge uh getting in-depth uh view on the marketplace uh, we're in the seasonal challenge period i believe the market is right for a pullback Not too much, but something. We're feeling a little bit of it this week. I'm going to get Martin's view on it when we come out of break.
2: Stay tuned. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
3: Welcome back to the show, my friends. We're in the midst of the summer. Markets are pretty good, can't complain. Bit sideways, so to speak, type action, so we've been taking it quite easy, just uh, hanging on to some dry powder, bit of cash, a lot of quality stocks, and uh, taking it easy. Uh, But uh, I have a sense, I'm I'm anticipating some kind of volatility increase, uh, market pullback, uh, you know. And again, when it comes to so many things in life, um, it is the what that matters. Not the why. I was just speaking with a tradesperson. Mistake happened. And they're saying, I don't know why that happened. I, I say, I don't care why it happened. It did happen. And that's and how do we now fix it? No different than the markets. Markets crack. People say, gee, why are they down? I say, who cares? They are down. Vice versa. Why are markets up? No. You pay, maybe I want to care a little bit more there because uh, when markets are up, that means there's a lot of, well, into excitement around the marketplace. And markets are up primarily, as Martin's been the, alluding to, my chief North American portfolio strategist, uh, is the easy money available to the world. Um, and again, Martin, the, the question is, again, if interest rates do fall further, other asset price or asset prices will rise. But we're pretty close to zero. And so ultimately, at some point, interest rates have to, stabilize to the downside and, and reverse course to the upside. Yeah. And when that happens again, at some point you have to think asset prices, everything across the board will correct. Um, but we have not really seen that in such a long time.
4: No, that's right. Like obviously there was a what we call the pandemic low uh, last year when we've seen bond yields increasing uh, from from the August low and then peaking around uh, March. Uh, this year twenty twenty one and now we're kind of going sideways but the central banks are certainly announcing or uh, are telling us that they are uh, thinking about reducing the amount of, uh, of liquidity uh, that, that they have been provide providing to to the economy and wh- whether it comes in, in in the fall or in the winter uh, as we we say like they're thinking about about removing the, the punch bowl not not all the juice in it, but certainly some portion and uh, and this is why the market is is probably getting a little bit more volatile because again if we're reducing but it's not like pushing on the brakes it's just taking their foot of the uh, the accelerator so it's it's certainly not some they certainly don't want to slow the economy down too much, but you want to come, come kind of create some kind of growth moderation. Because, as you mentioned before, we're seeing inflation um, arising across various industries. And they want just want to make sure that inflation is, is not uh, a problem down the road. So there's, there's still a question mark whether what the price increases we're seeing will, will stick around or not. But they're just in case that uh, inflation is a little bit stickier than they, they think, um, they are prepared right now to reduce or remove some of the juice in the punch bowl uh, to, uh, you know, to calm inflationary expectations because inflation at the end of the day is, is what used to, to kill business cycles in the 70s and the 80s. So, so obviously we're not going back there, but they have to be preemptive in making sure that we don't find ourselves with an inflation problem in 2022,
3: Martin, in terms of the value trade versus the growth trade, the commodity trade versus the tech trade, uh, the closed economy versus the economy reopening, uh, how should you tilt a portfolio right here, right now? I ask that because commodities this week have been under significant pressure. Yeah. Tech has, has has acted a little better. Uh, so, can you please speak to that?
4: Yeah, it's it's kind of it kind of it kind of come and goes. And actually, this year, I, I think we've seen almost three uh, mini cycles between between growth and and value. And uh, and to the extent that we are experimenting uh, the first uh, growth slowdown since uh, early 2020, uh, it's 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 not unusual to see cyclical stocks and commodities under pressure uh, for now. But we also know that. Um, inventories around the world uh, are emptied like there's a, a lack of, of goods companies can, can sell and one of the reasons is because we've got supply bottlenecks, transportation bottlenecks and some uncertainties regarding the the, uh, the virus, the COVID-19 virus. So what we are now seeing though is that economies are no longer, our governments are no longer shutting down economies because of the, uh, the Delta variant, for example. This is allowing companies to finally start ordering their goods for the next six, 12 months. And as they rebuild their inventories, we will continue to see pressure on raw materials. And uh, we calculated that this pressure on, on the restocking cycle uh, will start to emerge again. In the back half of the year, as you know, uh, commodities are very sensitive to the Chinese economic cycle, and in China in Q4 every year, we start um, reloading or re-importing goods before the Chinese New Year uh, in January. So this this stop and go rally in commodities is some is something we've seen before. It's it's not unusual, and right now we're going down this cycle. But I would bet that. Um, going into Q4, this is where, where you want to be. And in the near term, like we're more comfortable in, in ne- neither growth nor value, but more like the defensive, classic, typical defensive sectors, such as healthcare, uh, REITs, maybe some staples, some utilities. Uh, we believe the, the dynamic right now uh, does not favor... Uh, neither like technology or our value but more the defensive areas of the market while we get this correction out of the way and then we will probably see more appetite for for cyclicality going into q4
1: so martin just uh, switching gears here a little bit obviously there's an election that was announced in canada um, what, what are you seeing on that front and and what um, what are the ways that i guess uh, what are investors talking about and um, discussing with in terms of the canadian election in front of us well, I
4: don't think that the, 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 the neither the liberals or the conservative parties like the, those the, the battle will be between the two. Um, I don't think that they will rob the boat in, in one way or the other. Um, and the, the only question my, mark is regarding the the the, the minority or, or not of the next uh, next government. But uh, I I think that this this is kind of a sh- slideshow for for investors. I believe we should more uh, be more careful about the Bank of Canada uh, and what they will do with with interest rates. Because as you know, uh, like today or this week, we we had a, a strong inflation number, and the Bank of Canada will be probably the first central bank in the world to increase interest rates ne- next year. So uh, I would more I, I would be not too concerned about either the Liberals or. Are the uh, the Conservative Party to, to to you know to to make a significant announcement that could um, uh, shock the economy uh, or shock the financial markets? It's it's more at this time uh, the bank of, uh, the Bank of Canada and how 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 fast and how much will the increased rates in in 2022?
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because. Um, I think there's a a press conference, and not to get political, but Justin Trudeau was saying that uh, he doesn't really pay much attention to to monetary policy. It really tells, like from the start of the show, how important monetary policy is to our system. And the the fact that, you know, central banks right now are owning, or the Canadian Central Bank, Bank of Canada, owns basically 50% of government debt. So it's a significant force in the Canadian economy. And in terms of the recovery, it's very important uh, to be able to fund the recovery, uh, especially with some of those deficits and stimulus spending that, that we are expecting. Um, in terms of majority versus minority, what what's the, the benefits and, and takes there?
4: Well, I, I think if it's a minority government, I think the debate as to as to how we pay back that debt will, will, will get like front stage. Uh, and this is something that both parties will need to address. But I would bet that if we we have a minority government, uh, there will be increasing pressure. If the liberals are winning again by a minority, there will be increasing pressure from the conservative party, uh, you know, to to have liberals explaining or provide a little explaining as to how they intend to to pay back the debt. And it was not part of the last, obviously, the last election cycle. But I think this is something that they will need to address. So, so this is probably the 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 thing I, I would pay attention to because if there are no plan. Uh, clear pact to pay back that debt, eventually it could have a reper- reper- repercussion on the, on the Canadian dollar.
3: Uh, well, yeah, the, the, the conservative governments right now are advertising just that uh, here at home, uh, that they will balance their books in 10 years. You, you know, I stopped, and I'm sure Jack must have a smirk on his face right now, but who in their right mind would have an unbalanced budget running an average canadian household if you and i had an unbalanced budget for 10 years we would be personally bankrupt and if a company had an unbalanced book for 10 years they would yet countries with central banks can get away with it and again martin's point at the beginning of this show is key to it all that the central bank is so important, they have bailed us out of crises upon crises, and and they do hold the cars. Uh, and and again, when any government says that they don't pay attention, trust me, they're paying attention. Uh, so, Jack, your point there is very good. Hey, I want to throw a question on the table to both Jack, because uh, you're you're my military uh, advisor, I shall say, Jack. But from a market point of view, I'll throw it to you as Mel Martin. Uh, the U.S. government pulling out of Afghanistan and and the subsequent chaos. Uh, in uh, the region and potential for it to spread further in the Middle East. Uh, mark, reaction, your reaction to, to Jack
1: and uh, Martin? I would just say that it's obviously come to a, a tragic ending and the uncertainty surrounding, obviously, the uh, the people that are trying to get out it. is very difficult. Uh, in terms of the market, market likes stability. Um, so we're not seeing, um, you know, it's, it's not a global market. Um, crisis but it's certainly humanitarian one so I, I think it's very sad that the the afghanistan war has come to an end this way
4: yeah and uh, we have to uh, also keep in mind that, or keep keep an eye on 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 the taliban's uh intentions as well like there are a lot of talks about uh if uh, the Afghanistan's will those that will be staying there will be able to maintain some of their their um their rights uh so um so I think this is something we we, we need to pay attention to, uh, but from a market perspective, um, historically geopolitics um, has not had much of an impact on 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 financial markets. Um, it's obviously a, a natural tragedy tragedy, but uh, when it comes to markets, they they don't they don't tend to, to care much about this. Uh, this uh, source of uh, such a source of uncertainty
3: no it is remarkable uh 20 years i've I've been working on bay street Uh, i began it was licensed uh a week after 9-11 uh 20 years later uh the americans pull out and the conflict uh resurrects itself um yeah, it's, it's just remarkable. It is indeed. Uh, the more things change, I guess the more they remain the same. But uh, once again, my friends, we have to pay attention to interest rates. Uh, they are so important and uh, probably one of the most important things, um, as Howard Marks uh, would, would pen in one of his famous uh, writings. Uh Martin Reberge, thank you again for spending time with Jack, and I appreciate your thoughts. It's always very, very helpful for uh, us as we manage individuals' monies. You have yourself a great weekend. We're going to speak with Patrick Sureson next. He is a trader uh, and always has a very fresh view on the markets. uh, Right here on Hi-Fi Radio. My friends, please stay tuned.
2: Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
3: there you go my friends it's just gonna happen as martin was saying at some point uh the debt has to get paid back and uh, well it won't be the poor paying back that debt my good friends uh so we have to have more money available to us to pay the inevitable uh so that's what the show is all about helping you invest wisely uh, and yes you do so by thinking long term and well if you don't sell a good asset you don't pay tax but uh When you sell the asset, you tend to pay tax, and that's just the way it is. So buy good stuff and hang on. For the longer term, it tends to work well for many investors. But, you know, in the world of money, you can make uh, money so many different ways. There is no uh, rules per se, although when you find a style, you create your own rules around that style. Patrick uh, uh, Suresna, he is the founder and chief derivative market strategist at Big picture trading uh, he's a, tar- a chartered market technician a derivative market specialist uh and a canadian uh, investment manager a derivative market specialist um that sounds very destructive to me my good friend uh, thanks for joining us patrick uh, but that's what uh, warren Thank buffett you. would have said the weapons of mass destruction referring to the options and derivatives marketplace but well they're tools uh you have to respect the tool yeah. know when to use the tool it's sort of like a nuclear bomb hey you have two keys uh, just in <laughs> case, <laughs> It is welcome back, Patrick. Good to good to have Thank you. you. Uh, open-ended question to you: uh, What do you think of the market? Uh, it uh, well, I think that in, you know,
5: economically and from a stock market perspective, everything is quite exhaustive. I mean, we've had uh, a, a prevailing bull market and a, a very strong trend that's been in place for a long period of time, and. I mean we we're going almost a year now without a 10% market correction and uh and certainly something like oh close to half a year without a 5% correction so the the market is is stretched but uh I I remain somewhat uh, optimistic like uh, in the past you've had me come on uh where I was looking for bear markets and other types of more ominous things I think at this stage, it's just not the market doesn't have a huge upside and, and it's overdue for some uh, corrective phase. But I don't think that it's anything that should be alarming. It's just a typical cycle that happens in the stock markets.
3: Well, you know, we had a guest on a few weeks ago. Uh, and Jack, you remember it was, this, it was the uh, fund manager, I think from CI. Uh, and his biggest concern uh, was the amount of leverage, uh, borrowed mm-hmm. money. That is now in the stock market. And when you do get a upset, uh, it is that hot money that leaves first. And that can create an uh, elevator shaft-type descend. Uh, and, and that usually happens when no one or very few are expecting it to happen because it just magnifies the downward uh, uh, drop. Uh, so if, if, you, if, if I were to be a betting man, I'd I almost take the other side of that. Uh, just because of the low vol environment we're just ripe for some uh, for a good smack uh, out of left field uh, but the resilience of the market is, is unbelievable and again, this week we had some pretty good geopolitical tensions in the world and mm-hmm. the market said ho hum uh, i think from a seasonal point of view if nothing else the market is, is ripe to pull back somewhat here but again it's it's difficult to to, to trade and and, and guess markets, Patrick, which is why I go back to the, my, my opening statement again with the tax man coming uh, and with the volatility in the marketplace, if you focus on buying good companies in the first place and you can hang on uh, for the longer term, you tend to do very, very well. I'm talking about bank stocks and good software companies mm-hmm. and, and, and tried and true tech companies. Um, but things do change, Pat. You know, uh, we're looking at yeah. the various subsectors, Jack and I, with our strategists, and uh, growth versus value. You know, emerging markets versus domestic. Um, the, you know, the, the, there's really a lot of moving parts in this marketplace. Is is, is I think what we're, what the conclusion is, and it's becoming a little more challenging, I think, for all of us to make a buck. Yeah. Well, first of all, like uh, I would not
5: disagree with you in terms of your understanding of of how to approach investing over the long term. Uh, But when uh, you invite a strategist such as myself on the um, to the show, uh, my job is to be tactical about the short term cycles and not. uh, And so that's, you know, my my scope of my analysis. Uh, I love it. No, thank you. uh, And uh, and so. The the one thing that is vulnerable, I mean, you talk about geopolitical news and things like that that are driving it. But so there is a, a bigger uh, cycle happening, which uh, I kind of we, we refer in the macro space as that reflation trade and when the cycle turns. And so what we've seen yeah. is we're in this uh, from an intermarket perspective in a period where the characteristics of a strong U.S. dollar, commodities that are generally in a corrective mode, bonds that are generally rallying, which is yields are are coming off this is all the characteristics that ch- typically support a risk off cycle and so while the stock markets have been laggards and not responding to it, uh, a lot of the signals from the bigger uh, uh, cross assets and things like that continue to uh, to just simply say you know the, this is not when you become aggressive. this is just like when you were talking about that uh, other manager saying that you know that everyone is leveraged up. And this, is, this is not the time to be leveraging up. I mean, I certainly don't think you should be rushing to panic sell assets and raising too much cash because exactly the tax consequences. But, uh, but I think that there's tactical places to be adding new money to work and where if, you're, you, know, if you have that money on the sideline, don't rush in to, to put it to work
3: immediately because there might be better prices to average in in the coming months. You give us give us some of your best ideas right now, Patrick.
5: Well, you know what? Um, we've been looking for uh, this correction in commodities, and uh, and it's finally happening. And so we're finally seeing uh, this buy on dip. So, like when we had all <laughs> these uh, huge, extraordinary runs in basic material stocks and energy stocks, and and a, a array of miners and uranium, they were all way too overextended. But many of them are now, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 percent off of their highs in some cases. Uh, And this is the type of a market correction that I was looking for to once again put them on my radar for another cycle higher. So now that they've uh, really been already several months correcting, I'm going to be looking for where the bottoms come in on many of these uh, and,
3: uh, and put some money to work in that space. You know, that's, that's a very good idea. And I, uh, you know, I do confess, uh, boy, it's a humbling business. I make a lot of mistakes. Still make money, and very good money, I shall say, my friends. Um, but Martin Reberge, uh said, well, if you probably want to build up your commodity position, uh, but you can probably do so at better prices. And he said that to me about three months ago. And I was really underweight commodities. I said, you know, I want to build a position now uh, just so I have it on the books because I do believe in it for the next three to five years, certainly with the electrification of the world and the copper battery play, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, but sure as you know what, uh, sugar, uh, Martin was right, and, and now you're uh, you're seeing the opportunity. So the two of you have linked that one up real well. Uh, look, we're going to take a quick break, get back with uh, Patrick Ceresna. Uh, he's a uh, derivative market strategist at Big Picture Trading. Uh, he's, he's a real seasoned, uh, learned individual. It's a treat to speak with a, a man like Patrick, uh, a trader, uh, which is interesting as well. Stay tuned. Hi Fi Radio Global News 640 in Toronto. Charlie.
2: Listen, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. welcome back
3: my friends you know I got a gr- good quote from Warren Buffett this morning it was being poor is hard becoming wealthy is hard choose your hard <laughs> hey why not I chose I chose the latter you know uh, indeed I may you all choose the latter it's all doable it's right there in front of us we live in a free society we're not in Afghanistan we're not fleeing for our lives no no free society there are opportunities abound uh yes it's difficult it's very difficult but you must continue you must continue it's like investing it's difficult but friends what we have learned jack and i 20 years happy anniversary wolf on bay street uh but after managing money for 20 years uh what they taught me in the textbooks is true if you stick to it you buy good assets and you continue to buy good assets and after 20 years The magic of compounding kicks in. Uh, If you want to use a planting or a farming analogy, when you plant a seed, it takes years for that seed to grow into something and bear fruit. I'm speaking about olives. I'm speaking about wines. Uh, No, I'm not speaking about basil. That grows like weeds. And boy, I make good pesto. I digress. Patrick Suresna is on the line with us. He's a market technician. Uh, He is the chief derivative market strategist at Big Picture Trading. Uh, You're off to uh, some exotic beach, I understand, Patrick. Um, That that sounds so uh, Jesse Livermore to me. Uh, Jesse Livermore, reminiscence of a stock operator often. You know, when he found markets to be frothy, he reduced his line, as he so called it, and he went fishing uh, for six, (laughs) eight weeks, a few months. And then once the market looked interesting to him, he came back to the market. And I often thought about that. You know, really exiting the market for a period of time and just going away, uh, clearing your head and then coming back. Uh, friends, I don't recommend it. Uh, traders, absolutely. If you're disciplined, you can do it. But investors, don't exit completely completely go away and come back in a month and think things are better. We've seen people try to pull that move. They never get back in. uh, And probably when they do, it'll be the wrong time. and They'll make another mistake. Uh, Traders can, you know, uh, through discipline, get in and out. So you're off to the beach, my good friend. Are you exiting the market or are you going to continue to trade and uh, operate? Again, be careful. Uh, The signals uh... in Europe aren't as good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I am going to have a great
5: time out there, but uh, I actually am setting up uh, office there for a month. So I actually am going to continue to work and trade. Uh, Unfortunately, with the five-hour difference, it'll be more of an evening trading event as opposed to spending the mornings doing it. But uh, I do plan on uh, continuing to do that. But one of the um, things that, uh, you know, touching on Jesse Livermore that you uh, highlighted, uh, that uh, there are lots of really interesting strategies one uh, can use as a, an investor or trader uh, to reduce risk in a portfolio in a period when you let's say are going on a trip without actually selling. And this is a really interesting thing that that uh, rarely people understand. But one of the popular approaches in in um, uh, the options world is to build what are called risk reversals or collars around your. Uh, long ETFs and st- shares that basically uh, define ranges from which the stock can go higher and lower uh, usually costs very little to do it and allows you to sleep at night that you don't have to watch your positions without selling them uh, and knowing that uh, you can go on a vacation and relax and,
1: and know that uh, um, you, you, know, you don't have to take your eyes off that screen, right? when you talk about that, Patrick, what are some of the variables, I guess, that the clients need to look at? And again, I wouldn't suggest them doing it themselves. I'd suggest that they actually get a professional to help them with this strategy like this. But but what are some of the variables that an option trader is looking at when they put on a trade like this?
5: Well, it's about the time frame of uh, of a a strategy. So that involves using income from a a covered call to finance the purchase of a, a protective put. Uh, And uh, what that does is it gives you a limited upside, but also a limited downside, almost usually at a a little to no cost. In the end, you have to feel comfortable with the fact that you've defined that risk and that, you know, if for whatever reason, while you're away, the stock market has an extraordinary rally that you uh, are cutting off some of that potential on the upside. So you do need to just understand the contract you've entered when you put on a trade like that. But if, uh, if you are simply looking at uh, the equivalency of being in cash, which is that you generally want to de-risk, it is often a very tax-effective way to do it because you don't actually have to physically sell your underlying investments and do the tax disposition. Rather, you've created an option strategy around it that has actually reduced the volatility of your portfolio and removed uh, all that tail risk while you're away and so it's just a way of uh, of strategizing on how to to uh, reduce volatility
3: in periods that you can't watch the market if you're right. just uh, tuning into the show uh, we're speaking with patrick Suresna. he's the founder and chief derivative market strategist at big picture trading uh, he's a market technician so as of now patrick is on a beach uh lather up buddy <laughs> you're in portugal right now i hope you're having a wonderful time um but we're speaking in the future <clears throat> the- Give us another, uh, some of your other uh, uh, ideas. You, you mentioned the commodity trade, Patrick. Um, what else is looking interesting to you in here? And is there areas of risk that you'd consider maybe selling uh, as well? Well,
5: you know, uh, one of the most interesting is that sector rotation. And I'm sure that uh, you and Jack spent some time looking at some of these uh, areas. But, like, uh, we've seen uh, extraordinary runs in uh, the prior six months in uh, what we call the reopening trades, everything from airlines to uh, hotels and casinos and cruise lines and, and all of these types of sectors. And really, over the last two, three months, uh, they have really given back a huge part of those gains. Obviously, the fact, realization that uh, COVID is here to stay and, uh, and that reopening is not going to happen as quickly. has sort of taken the air out of the uh, balloon in terms of the, mom- uh, the momentum that it had. But some of them are slowly um, uh, getting uh, interesting in terms of the price levels that we're, we're seeing them correct to. And it'll be really interesting to see whether or not uh, that sector bottoms out in the coming month or so. Again, I, I, I feel it is almost premature to already be backing up the truck and loading up on the, all of those positions again. But uh, they're starting to get cheap enough that, that uh, they should
3: be on the radar as we keep moving forward. No, it's a very interesting point you're making, Patrick. Uh, Air Canada uh, was $31 this year, uh, now trading in around $23. Uh, Hilton's Hotels was a stock that uh, did catch my attention, haven't purchased it yet. But uh, you're making some very, very good points. The commodity trade looking interesting, and some of the uh, reopening stocks that have corrected. Perhaps are looking interesting as well. Uh, I want to wish you a bon voyage, my good friend. Uh, be safe. Uh, have fun. Clear your mind. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you upon your return. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Night. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. You be safe. Jack Hartle, as always, good job setting up the guests for the show. Friends at home, any questions for Jack or I, please, it's WolfgangKlein.com. The Wolf on Bay No question too big, no question too small. We will answer them all. We are here for you. We want you to have more wealth. Create a plan, stick to the plan, which means work, save, invest. Do that for 20 or 25 years consistently. I promise you will be wealthy. Have a great weekend.